This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Walker. And my co-host, as usual, is Kim, who is abusing me today. That is not my name today. She says her name's not Kim. It's Echo Charles. Her name is Echo Charles. And I would like for anyone who's listening to email podcast at shopmarketingpros.com. And if you tell me who Echo Charles is, I'm going to send you a little gift. Oh, and you need to tell her why she's Echo Charles today. You don't have to, but that would be bonus points. All right, so let me start off with another intro. Welcome to the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast, where we explore the latest techniques and technologies to help you grow your business. Today, we're excited to dive into the world of ChatGPT and how it can revolutionize the way you engage with customers and streamline service requests in your auto repair shop. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just getting started, you won't want to miss this episode. So sit back, relax, and let's get started. Did you write that? I did not write that. A robot wrote that. What? We're talking about ChatGPT, y'all. But before we get too far into that, let me thank our sponsor. Thank you to our friends at RepairPal for this episode. RepairPal will introduce your shop to new customers through RepairPal.com, the largest site for auto repair. Learn more at RepairPal.com forward slash shops. Interestingly enough, I also asked ChatGPT, this artificial intelligence, to write me a 15-second promotional spot for RepairPal. And it came up with this. Need a reliable auto repair shop? Look no further than RepairPal. Find the best shops in your area and get fair, upfront quotes. Trust RepairPal for all your auto repair needs. Not bad. Now, it didn't know that on our podcast, we're promoting RepairPal to shop owners because I didn't tell it. I could have went through the process and actually told it. So I would really like to have some fun with this. Okay. And I'm going to give a shout out to my friend, Greg Buckley, Mm -hmm. because he was talking about this yesterday. Next time, I want you to ask it to write that little thing for you, like a second grader or something funny. That's us that are doing the second grader thing. I know, but I shared that with Greg. Oh, I got something about Greg in here, because Greg is using it and sharing a lot of stuff about it. If y'all don't follow Greg Buckley, you really should. Greg is a a really cool guy in the automotive industry. He likes um, playing with new technology, and he's awesome at doing videos for a shop and all of that stuff. So Greg's been on a ton of podcasts, episodes on the uh, Remarkable Results and all of the different shows on there. All right, so let's get into this. We're talking about ChatGPT today. ChatGPT, it's artificial intelligence, and... It's crafted in a way the user experience is so that you literally just chat with it as if you were having a conversation with a human being. So, you know, some of the, well, I'm going to get into some of the ways that we've used it, but we've used AI for a while in marketing uh, and we use it for simple things like writing service descriptions for Google business profiles and stuff like that. So it's a pretty cool tool, but man, chat GPT has just come out and it is blowing it away. What's GPT stand for? I don't know. You have that somewhere. Yeah, but I'm EC today, so I'm supposed to it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me whatever it stands for. Generated pre-trained transformer. 
So it's generating, it's pre-trained, it's generating, let's say, transformational content. Okay. How about that? I'm just going to call it the AI. It's the robots. That's true. The robots are coming for us. So what you just talked about with it being pre-trained, a lot of people think that it just searches the internet and gives you whatever it is that you're looking for. Like Mm -hmm. you go in and say, you know, write me a blog post about winterizing your car. And you think that, you know, within milliseconds, it goes out, searches the internet, gets a bunch of information, and then it writes an article based on that. But that's not what it does. It is constantly consuming the internet and I guess any other information that's put into it. I don't know if they're putting information into it that's not on the internet or not. Okay, I don't. But, mm. but they could if they're not. Raises more questions. So, but it's constantly consuming that information and this thing, it's, it's artificial intelligence. It is learning constantly. And when you give it a query to, you know, when you ask it a question or ask it to write something for you or, you know, to produce something, it is using the intelligence that it has gathered to do that. It's pretty crazy. And I'm going to give you an example of one of the things that I, that I just recently did with it. It's a screen with a field at the bottom that you type something into. And I typed into it write a 500-word blog post about power stroke diesel injector problems. And it wrote me a very nice blog post. I was impressed. This, as a matter of fact, this is the very first thing that I ever did with ChatGPT was to ask it to write that blog post. Wrote a very nice blog post, completely factual. Now, we're going to get into some of the weaknesses of it, but I was absolutely blown away by what it produced for me. One of the weaknesses, and I don't want to get too far into it, but... It's devaluing content, so I know that at some point the search engines are going to be trying to figure out when something has been written with AI, or it's AI-generated content, basically. So I'm thinking ahead to, like, how can you get around that? And I, I told it, I said, add some minor grammatical errors. It rewrote the blog. It added some grammatical errors in there. Remember, I said minor grammatical errors, and I'm not exactly an English major, y'all. I'm hmm. from down here in the South, and Pretty you good. Know, our English is... Only so-so. But I couldn't find the grammatical error. So I said, what were the grammatical errors that you added? And it told me exactly what the grammatical errors were. It said, I included this instead of this. And I included this instead of this. And then it went into the literal English. I got it right here. Let me pull it up and I'll read to you what it said. And it replied, the grammatical errors I added were manufacturer's recommendations. And it didn't have a an apostrophe on manufacturers instead of manufacturer's recommendations with the apostrophe. And then uh, preventative care is always better than reactive instead of preventative care is always comma better than reactive. Okay, it says the first one is a possessive noun error. It should be manufacturer's recommendations instead of manufacturer's recommendations. And it shows you the apostrophe, or we'll call that the comma to the top. Oh, my God. <laughs> if you don't know what the apostrophe is. <laughs> Look, says, you're making us sound like some podunk morons because you were just talking about our English, and then you throw out comments at the top. <laughs> then, was this, that an SNL second, or something? I don't know. I don't remember what skit that was that I saw mm-hmm. that in. Mm-hmm. All right. The second one is a composition error. It should be preventative care is always better than reactive instead of preventative care is always better than reactive. You know, you can't see it, but you can actually see all the punctuation and everything. When it told me this. So anyway, very minor grammatical errors, which is exactly what I asked for. 
And then I said, SEO optimized this for the term power stroke injector replacement. And it went into the article and it, it included the phrase power stroke injector replacement a few times. And I will say that, you know how you read those articles sometimes and you can tell that the person was writing it for the purpose of SEO because they've got key phrases in there that don't necessarily, it's not how you would talk to someone, right? you know? Yeah. And it was like that, but it was still pretty darn good. You know, sometimes you have to do that in SEO when you're trying to, to optimize for a specific term. Every once in a while you end up putting that term in there and it doesn't make perfect sense, but it makes sense enough. And I have to say it made sense enough. Then I said, give me a few titles to choose from. And it gave me eight titles and all of these titles were good. I mean, this part excites me. Because sometimes that's the most difficult part. You write an article and it's like, what do I need to write for the title? And you can go in there and say, give me, you know, some example titles for an article about X. So I wonder if it's different for you to say, because I'm thinking subject lines and email, right? No, it'll do subject lines and email also. I know, but I'm saying if you can tell it, write me a humorous email subject line. Absolutely. It will do it. Just like yesterday when we were playing around with that saying, write this in the tone of a second grader yeah. and add some humor to it. Well, they won't let me in. They're at capacity currently. <laughs> you just got to keep trying. I know. I love talking about sponsors of the podcast who have already worked with and who have used before. So today I'm super excited to talk to you about RepairPal, which if you didn't know, will introduce your shop to new customers through RepairPal.com, the largest site for auto repair and through the recommendation of their partners like USAA, CarMax, and Consumer Reports. Our shop was in RepairPal's certified network, and it was great for getting new customers who were looking for more than just oil changes. The average RepairPal customer spends over $600 on their first visit. I loved it, especially because we all know that consumers still mistrust repair shops. But the millions of customers that visit RepairPal.com monthly, they trust RepairPal certified shops for their high quality and great service. And there's no fear about being overcharged. So we were able to just focus on the repair. I highly recommend you check them out. It's the way to grow your business. Go to repairpal.com forward slash shops, get one month of service free and save $150 off certification. Okay. Then I said, give me a couple of meta descriptions to choose from. And it wrote me five different meta descriptions it wrote them too long, though. I was kind of disappointed SEO in that. Talk, y'all. Yeah, I met a description when you're doing a Google search and you got all the search results, you got the bigger text. That's actually your title tag. And then you have small text underneath each search result. That's your meta description. And that's really the only place you'll ever see the meta description. But meta descriptions need to be 155 characters or less because it'll just cut it off in the search results. And I was kind of disappointed that it didn't do that. So then I just replied and said, keep them under 155 characters. And it made me five nice meta descriptions. Then I said, write three social media posts that promote this blog. And it wrote three nice social media posts. I'll give you an example of one of them. It said, don't let injector problems slow you down. Learn about the importance of power stroke injector replacement and how to identify and fix common issues in our latest blog post. Mm -hmm. Then it did hashtag power stroke, hashtag diesel engines, hashtag injector replacement. I mean, this is good quality information. I mean, you know, and then I said, write a two minute video script to accompany this blog. And it gave me a video script and it told me the shots to do and everything. It didn't just give me the words. Told you the shots to do. Yeah. 
Opening shot of a Power Stroke diesel engine. Narrator. Power Stroke diesel engines are known for their what? durability and high performance, blah, 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 blah. And then it says, cut to animation of injectors introducing fuel into the combustion chamber. Like, it's it's crazy. Oh so, it's so good on one hand. You know, and the question is, should you use it in your marketing? And, yeah, you should. But there's limitations. There, Got to be. Well, there is. So, when you use it in your marketing, you should use it for ideas for your blog posts, uh, for outlining articles and videos, writing service descriptions for Google business profiles, for writing descriptions uh, for canned jobs. That's one of the things Greg Buckley was just showing was how he was using chat GPT to write the descriptions for his canned jobs to edit your content. So like you might write something. This is a dream tool for someone who's not a good speller. They don't yeah. have good grammar or anything. And you want to go write about a certain topic. Well, you can go write about it, pop it into chat GPT and ask it to edit it for you. And it'll give you back writing that is grammatically correct with all perfect spelling and everything. But let's talk about the weaknesses of it. AI does not do thought leadership huh. yet. Because it's not a person. It is, it is a thinker. You know, it doesn't insert its own opinion yet. Can we get some of the news channels to start using that? <laughs> so we're not going there, Kim. We're not going there. But if you think about it, what it is doing is learning. And then it's essentially regurgitating the information that's already out there on the Internet. And the information that it provides is unique. It is well written. But I don't know if we've ever done a podcast episode where we didn't use the words no like trust. Every class that we teach, we talk about no like trust. It's that important. It has always been true in marketing. It will always be true in marketing that people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And there is nothing in this content that is going to get people to know, like, and trust you. All that you're doing is giving them information that already exists on the Internet. There is none of your thought leadership injected into it. There's none of your personality injected into it. It is a machine. And it will. It's interesting because you can say, hey, write this in the style of Hemingway. And it'll do that. You can say, uh, you know, right. Yes, you could tell it to write a rap about replacing power stroke diesel injectors and do it in the style of Eminem. And it will do it. If someone has been published a lot and it is able to pick up on their style, then you can tell it right in the style of this person. See, what's interesting about that is that we have social media clients. We have some who are like, I want to keep it polished, professional, all tidied up. And then we have some who are like, you can push it as far as you want and be as one guy who just laughs about everything all the time. So he loves humor, but there's different types of humor, right? There's mm -hmm. dry humor. There's silly there, you know, Crude so and, even yeah. when you tell it, write something humorous, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to match your style of humor. So yeah. you have to be very particular. Yeah. So the things that get people to know, like, and trust you, it's not going to put that in there. And that's important. That's why we push videos so much because people not only get to yep. get your thought leadership, but they get to see you. They see your facial expressions, which can be a good thing or a bad thing. Right, Kim? Yep. Kim, she just eye rolled me, y'all. I'm waiting for a reel to come out with a series of my eye rolls. It may happen, but mm -hmm. they get to hear your thought leadership. They get to see your facial expressions. They get to hear your voice. 
they get to know who you are through that. And that is not something that can happen through AI generated content, uh, at least not yet. Um, so that's one of the negatives. Yeah, it is. And here's the biggest negative to me. If this completely devalues content, your content has until now, it has been the most important thing when it comes to like search engine optimization and people finding you on the web and people being able to get to know, like, and trust you. Your content plays such a big role in that. But now I'm talking specifically to SEO right now, and I'm talking about written content. We use written content to make your website rank. And yes, we do other things. There's, there are definitely a lot of other pieces to that, from technical SEO to off-page SEO and all of that. And artificial intelligence cannot do that stuff for you yet. But... When I asked it to write this article, it took about 15 seconds for it to produce the article for me. I could easily put 100 articles on a website in a day. And, you know, until now, that would have been a feat. And a big website with content being added to it constantly right now, that is something that helps it to rank, like, a lot. But that means that the search engines are now going to have to figure out, was this content generated by AI or is this like real human produced content and how are they going to do that? And what are the changes that it's going to make to SEO? Because we're going to have to be watching that to make sure that we're staying on top of that for our clients and that we're staying ahead of this so that we can keep them ranking. Well, the search engine's job is to provide the best search results that they possibly can. People do not want regurgitated content from the web. It already exists. It has no soul to it. You know, it has no personality to it and it has no thought leadership to it. They can get that kind of stuff anywhere. But when you get to interject your thought leadership and your personality to it, that is where the difference comes in. And that's how people can make a decision. Do I want to do business with these people? That's how a search engine can actually make a decision Uh, Now, not necessarily about the thought leadership part. Well, the thought leadership part is definitely important because otherwise the content never changes. But they have to be able to use these things to determine, is this the best content to serve up when somebody is looking for an answer about a particular topic? And I do think that they'll be able to do it. I mean, Google already, I mean, they've been using artificial intelligence for a very long time. They're really good at it and they have all the money in the world to you know keep building upon it. Those are the weaknesses of it. But then how else might this be used in auto repair or in any other type of business? I mean, you can go to OpenAI right now and you can purchase access to be able to connect to their API to use their artificial intelligence in your software. Once this thing is able to consume all of the vehicle user manuals, if they're not already online or if they're not already somehow in the back end uploading these things in to get it to ingest this information, all of the wiring diagrams, all of the TSBs, and then, you know, online you have all of the complaints that people have and the questions that they ask about their vehicles and certain problems that they have. This AI is going to be able to diagnose a car. You will be able to take a computer, connect it to the data link connection, and it may need your help but it will be able to diagnose the car because it's got all of the information there. And it could literally be something where this computer is sending the technician through a set of steps because the computer, it can't replace the parts for you. That's kind of blowing my mind. It can't pin out a wiring diagram for you, but 
it could make shops that may not have the best diagnostic capabilities into really strong diagnostic shops. It's insanity to think what you might be able to do with this. You know, we think about it from the marketing side of things. What happens at the point that there's an API connection between AI and, say, Google ads or Facebook ads or directly into a website and analytics? And this thing is able to make decisions based off of of analytics and make adjustments. That's a whole nother. Yeah. I mean, it really is. We have to be thinking about this. I did. I had a, a friend that he uh, he posted on a social media the other day. He said, "I've seen a lot of movies that start out with somebody saying something like, have you seen this new AI? It's doing some really cool stuff.'" And he said, "These movies have never ended well." Yeah, right. And this stuff is it is happening in real life now. You need to understand what's happening with AI. And you don't want to sit on the sidelines with this because AI is not going away. And if you choose not to use it, then you will get passed up by the people who do. And I don't think that AI will ever replace humans. You know, it's already been proven when it comes to like chess, for example, that the computer can't beat the best chess players in the world. And I hope I'm right about that. I hope that hasn't actually happened yet. But I know, you know, that that was uh, for a very long time. You know, the human always wanted the game of chess, but... You know, yesterday we were talking about this in our Facebook group, which if y'all aren't in it, you need to be in it. And we talked about something that really kind of freaked me out. So hang with me, right? So Brian and I just got a new dog, cute little puppy. Not We didn't rescue him. So for all of you that are all about dog rescuing, we rescue dogs. We just didn't rescue this one. So calm down. But beautiful, amazing Red Fox British Lab. Did I say that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So the breeder, the way that he's getting like an amazing product out of the dogs is he's taking the best dog from each litter and ultimately ends up breeding that, right? So he just keeps breeding and breeding and breeding until he gets something really amazing. I'm afraid we're doing the opposite to the human race with this, right? People are getting lazier with using their brain. And so... Yeah, this stuff is literally making us dumber. All right, I'm going to sound really dumb here, probably proving my point. Like, <laughs> If you don't use a muscle, it atrophies, right? It gets yeah. smaller. Well, a brain is a muscle. Mm-hmm. So are we essentially not using our brains so much that they're going to start shrinking, well, and as I mean, people that's, start having kids, having kids, having kids, and we're getting dumber by every generation, our brains are getting smaller and smaller. You know what? You see where I'm going? Like, Oh, yeah. It's a real thing. I mean, it's why they want elderly people to do things like crossword puzzles and, yeah. and that kind of stuff because it keeps their mind sharp. And I think about that just with my own dad. You know, before he died, my dad lived into his 80s. He loved doing crossword puzzles. He did them mm-hmm. as long as I could remember. And he was sharp as he could be until the day that he died. Yeah, yeah. You know, no signs of any kind of memory issues or anything. And look, I'm not, I understand that like Alzheimer's is Alzheimer's. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about people that as they get older, they, you know, stop using their brain as much. And, yeah. you know, it just doesn't work as well. All right. What else? I, you know, I mean, that's really it. Uh, I mean, if you're not in our, we're talking about shrinking brains. So. <laughs> if you're not in our Facebook group, you really should be. We did a, a live. I went live in our Facebook group and uh, did screen. a demonstration. 
of this. And again, you can get a free account right now at chat.openai.com. It is not going to be free for much longer. It could be any day. Matter of fact, by the time this podcast comes out, I would not be surprised if they've you know, made it a paid product. Well, half, um, my, half our team has their own account now. I haven't even been able to get my account. So I yeah. literally just went again a little while ago and it said something like, essentially, we're busy. Yeah, Check it's, back. It'll so. tell you that it's at capacity. But what it means when it's telling you that is that it's at capacity at that moment. Mm-hmm. It does not mean that you cannot sign up for a user, a, a user account. You need to keep going back and keep trying. Try it late at night, especially because it's getting used, you know, a lot during the day by people. Um, but you can still get the free account right now. Once they turn on the paywall, I guarantee you the traffic is going to oh, yeah, go way down. down. Hey, listen, if y'all have a topic on marketing that we haven't covered, if you have a question. It doesn't have to be on, on marketing. Well, you can suggest it to us and, and we may do. We've done some topics <laughs> that are not marketing. I love talking about leadership stuff. I, talk, you know I love talking about business kinds of things. We haven't talked about yet is our life on the road, our lifestyle of RVing, working from the road. Anyway, yeah, we need to do that early this year. We will be recording some episodes from the road. So, all right. So, what I was trying to say is shoot us an email podcast at shopmarketingpros.com. Let us know what your questions are. Tell us what you think about the podcast. Is there an episode that you want us to record about something? Let us know. We want to give you what you are looking for. So we look forward to hearing from you and seeing you in our Facebook group. You can also visit us on our website, shopmarketingpros.com, where you can pretty much find a million other ways to connect with us. So thanks for listening. Yep. And uh, we are just one of four podcasts on the Aftermarket Radio Network. If you go to aftermarketradionetwork.com, you can see all the other podcasts. Lots of great information there. Some other great podcast hosts that I really enjoy listening to. Uh, So check them out. You can listen to them on Spotify or Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts or whatever. But uh, we hope that you'll listen in again next week. And until then, go fill those bays. You've been listening to the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast with Kim and Brian Walker. Follow the podcast on your favorite listening app. Find their emails in the show notes and visit them at shopmarketingpros.com. Let Kim and Brian know what you want discussed because they're all about advancing the aftermarket.